Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the April 22nd episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's a Friday edition, which we love our Fridays. I'm sure you do too, getting ready for the weekend. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, listeners, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't done so already, you can help us out by subscribing and sharing the show with your sports-loving friends and family. And if you're uh, sick of supporting ESPN and other big national corporate sites with uh, things that aren't all just about the sports, we offer umyeahsports.com as a place for you to head each and every day for the latest in sports news and information. And what we're doing is curating the best content from around the web, local sources, Uh, places you may not normally look, and we bring them all available to you free of charge and free from ads. So that's pretty cool. I suggest you go check check that out. All right, with that out of the way, let's jump straight into today's episode. Much to talk about. John, hey there, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm excellent. I love Fridays. Yes. Everybody loves Fridays. Everyone loves Fridays. Unless you work on the weekend, and then you probably don't love Fridays as much (laughs) as people who don't work on the weekend. Indeed. Probably true. Probably true. Probably. All right, let's start in the NBA. I don't know if you know this, but the NBA playoffs are happening. Did you know that? I did. Yes. <laughs> sure you did. No surprise there. No surprise there. Um, really uh, interesting series between the Nets and the Celtics. It looks like uh, we may get to see the Ben Simmons play. Is that right? Yeah. He's... What, game four? Yeah, that's what they're looking to- looking towards, so... You have one more game, and then more than likely he'll be back, which could turn the tides of a series that's been in the. I don't. I'm favor. I'm questioning whether the man can play basketball at this point. Right. I want to see him play. And stuff, yeah. Well, that is true. I mean, it depends. I think it's been a long time since we've seen him. They're not publicly, gonna, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's been a long time since he's played on the court. It's almost been a full year because he didn't play at all for the Seventy yep. Sixers, and now. But on honestly, they're not going to rely on him much for offense. They're going to rely on mostly for defense and just creating stops. That's really what they're going to rely on him for. I mean, just getting in the paint and just causing havoc there, getting some takeaways, some blocks, the stuff that he normally does. And honestly, he's been working on conditioning. He's and and, on, and he's not going to be. They're not going to need him to get the three point knockdown. They're not going to need him to get a lot of points. Maybe ten points, but probably be fine on the offense side of the board because everyone else can score on this or on this uh nets team and they have a lot of success and that's where they've been doing decent but the defense side has been lacking in a lot of ways and it's been kind of it's been a little bit of a struggle for them so adding another defensive player that can stop the hot hand of the celtics and stop them from getting hot is something that's going to be a major plus and i believe it's the missing piece that the nets have been missing this entire time during this series because their offense has been pretty good. Their defense has been decent, but this is just going to boost it higher, and it's going to make the Celtics team have to work for it even more, which is just going to allow the series to get even tighter and get into that seven game. Uh, I think it's going to go to seven games personally. Obviously, the the Celtics are two and zero at this point, coming off some good wins and strong wins. So, and I think the games have been so tight the last few the last few games have been so tight that adding another piece to the nets for defense is just going to make it even tighter and harder. And we might even get some overtime games, which would be even more fun than if these games could get more fun, which I believe they can. And on, honestly, he's probably gonna have an off game for the first game. He's not going to be, you know, the best player that, that's out there uh, probably for this entire series, but getting him out on the court is going to allow us to have an understanding of what this trade was like as far as him and James Harden. If you just look at those two pieces, 
And then it's also going to give us understanding of what this Nets team is going to look like going down the stretch of the playoffs plus the next regular season coming in next year. So a lot of positives will come from this. The fact that he's playing points to the fact that, I mean, that's good that he's progressing and he's getting to the point where he can come back on the court. And I'm excited to see him play because if he does anything, I mean, I think if he plays better than James Harden is playing, the Nets are going to be super happy that they made this trade, and it's just to be further validation. If you're the 76ers and Ben Simmons plays great, you're going to be upset that you traded him. And obviously, he might not have played for you, and he might have forced your way out, but still, you lost a lot of players, and those players are playing extremely well for himself. So a lot of interesting things. I th- I'm excited to see him play because I think he's going to be able to do a lot of good for this Nets team. And I've been, I mean, I've been waiting for it for a very long time. And before when the trade even went, took place, we said that, I think his defense outweighs his offense, and I think that's exactly what the Nets need right now. All right. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. Hopefully he gets back in and can play uh, can play out and see how far the Nets take it. All right, let's talk about um, the uh, the Grizzlies, that series. The Grizzlies-Timberwolf uh, series? Yeah. yeah. That's been, a, I think, a really great series. And obviously a lot of people are going to point to the fact that the Grizzlies – had 20 points or about a 20 point uh they were up 20 for about the most of the game and all of a sudden in the fourth quarter they let the uh the uh, memphis grizzly crawl back into the game score and end up winning the game (laughs) it's and it's all over the internet at this point you've probably seen the the fact that they blew that sort of lead it's hard to do but it's also not hard to do when you get into the situation it was very weird watching the footage of the game because the first three quarters and the last quarter which is the most important quarter are two different teams that we see play. Uh, the first three quarters, we see a very fast moving steal, uh, getting steals, getting blocks, getting, uh, getting fouls and just basically scoring, getting fast breakaway points off the steals, scoring three pointers, dropping left and right, getting defensive stops, making sure that Memphis Grizzlies can't do anything offensively, getting them into droughts, just playing exactly what you expect. If you want to beat this team fourth quarter, all that stops, Memphis has their way in everything, getting all the points, and then the the, the uh, Timberwolves just couldn't finish out the game. And I think this might be one of those things that they played so hard in the first three quarters, and the and the Memphis Grizzlies were were kind of lagging behind. That the Memphis Grizzlies just had more energy to finish out the basketball game, and they ultimately showed that in the fact that they were shooting better and they were just waiting for the opportunity to strike, which probably is what happens here. But ultimately, you had to win this game. Now you're two, you're down one game. It's two to one in the series. Memphis is up, and I, I think this series is going to go to seven as well because I think that both these teams, and we've seen it throughout this entire series, play with such energy, and they're both so good at at getting steals and, and assists and blocks and all that stuff and hitting down the three extremely well. And they're both extremely good at getting fouls. I mean, this that entire game, we saw foul after foul after foul after foul over and over and over and over again. And and ultimately, that got some players into foul trouble, which might have helped the, the Timberwolves at the beginning of the game, did not help them in the late part of the game when they started having that hot hand. So I don't think it's something to be extremely worried about if you're the Timberwolves. I, I think they're going to be able to crawl back into the series because I believe they have the talent. Now, I think this also could go another way where the Memphis Grizzlies just sweep the rest of the series, which I doubt is going to happen, but it could just because of how inexperienced this this uh, this Timberwolves team is. Everyone's so young. Patrick Beverly has the most playoff experience, obviously is showing, and a lot of these guys have a lot of talent, but the issue is because they're so young, they're getting a lot of fouls, and this is a very young series. Both teams are very young, so that's why I think a lot of the fouls are taking place in these games, and that's why these things are happening, and the energy might not be there, and they're all putting at the beginning of the game because they want to get these wins, and so I think that might be something that could 
you know, skew the series a little bit into the favor of Memphis is if these fouls keep happening. Uh, and I think this Timberwolves team also needs to be careful with arguing of calls, especially as the series gets later. And if the Memphis Grizzlies establish a little bit of a firm control and start playing games at a faster pace and start taking over control of the game faster, I believe Patrick Beverly and Carl uh, Anthony Towns can both find themselves into tr- foul trouble a little bit, be- or not foul trouble, but um, foul trouble and also, uh, you know, a lot of arguing with the refs and getting some technicals and those sort of things because of frustration that can set in. We saw that already in the Golden State uh, Nuggets game where the Jokers just getting frustrated and actually ended up getting ejected in one of the games. So the energy level in this playoffs is kind of spiking, and I believe that could be a problem in this series if they do not take control of their own destiny and in the way that they're playing and they're finishing out basketball games. And they have to do it because we can see and we know what they can do when they play the Clippers. They are to finished out and play. In the first game against this, uh, this Memphis team, they've started out kind of in between a lot of energy and then all that. All of a sudden, they kind of came out the gate and won. And Memphis, obviously, came out the gate and won. And now in this game, they fell behind. So it's obviously very fixable. Uh, they play with the right energy. They've got the right pieces. They know what they're doing. They can do it in a very particular way. They're not doing anything bad. They just need to make sure they maybe don't put all the energy up front and let that kind of trickle in throughout the rest of the game. It's a learning curve. might not be their series. It might not be their playoffs. But this team is talented enough to get to the NBA Finals in the next couple of years. All right. The Utah Jazz are playing the Dallas Mavericks in their series. Uh, last night did not did not go as well for the Jazz as the fans would like. Started hearing some boo birds coming out there in a Vivint Arena. What do we think about the Jazz as they continue through this series? Uh, I thought the series was going to get dominated as soon as Luca came back into the uh, came back into the picture into the ball games. Um, in fact, they don't really need Luca. They can deal with this Jazz team with or without him and he's obviously going to be nearing his return very soon he's just getting healthy again i think they're going to take a little more cautiously than the nets are going to take it just because of how non-close this series is if you're the jazz um or if you're the mavericks excuse me and i i think this this jazz team when i watched the footage coming up to this series i knew it was going to be very difficult for the jazz to get any sort of control not even firm control just any sort of control onto this the series and and put their fingerprint on or anything like that just because of how bad this jazz team has really been over the last few weeks even before the playoffs and now they're in the playoffs and we're seeing it they're just struggling with shooting the ball they're falling behind they're not able to establish any sort of rhythm everyone just kind of trying to find their spot and get the shot to drop they're not really passing the ball like they're really good at passing the ball we haven't really seen it against this maverick mavericks team the Mavericks are finding their spot. They're shooting the ball extremely well. That first game seemed like that was just the hiccup in the series, and I believe they're going to be able to just clear the rest of the deck. And and then if Luka comes back, all bets are off. I think that's just going to be the easiest thing for him. But I believe keeping him on the sideline for unless they start losing is a good idea. Just make sure he's healthy for the next series because this is not the series where you want him to subst- uh, or get a bigger injury that prohibits him from playing in the next series. So you don't want that to happen. So getting him and keeping him on the on the bench is just something that's going to benefit them for the long run. Um, and I, I just think this Jazz team, I feel like they've had too much hype generated around them. Uh, yeah. I just think, yes, they're really good at the three-point, and if they can get hot, they're hot. Uh, they're a hot-handed team, but they've just been struggling with finding that zone, and that's going to be something they really struggle with as we finish out the series. And right now my prediction of uh, one win for the Jazz and then swept the rest of the way is looking fine. Mm. Okay. All right. Poor Jazz. Okay, let's uh, let's let's uh, depart from the NBA for just a few minutes, and let's end the 
end the, the, the back portion of the show talking NFL for a minute. Sounds good. 12-month 12, 12 yes. season. Uh, okay, so the uh, the Buccaneers, a couple of things have happened. Uh, one is that they've restructured Tom Brady's contract for the year. Uh, did not extend. Did so not extend. Last year, last year they re- reworked it and extended him a year. Didn't do that this time. That may be telling of Tom Brady's future in Tampa past the 22-23 season. Uh, but he restructured his deal to free up about $9 million bucks in cap space for the team, which uh, my guess helps them uh, get uh, his friend uh, Rob Gronkowski onto the team, as well as other key uh, players um, that are still remain that still remain unsigned. Uh, one player that they just signed is a new what defensive end, yeah. Deidrean Sinet. Yeah, that's I think I think that's kind of telling of what's happening with uh, Sue, because obviously he's going to fit in that defensive uh, defensive line. And honestly, I think, but we'll touch on both things. But that sign, signing, I think, is going to really help them because they're now establishing and put kind of obviously that defensive line is fine. They didn't lose any pieces besides Sui, who is still a free agent, which is possibly can be re-signed if they really wanted to, if they wanted to take and put all that money down for him. Um, but getting an extra guy like that might be showing the fact that they're fine if he wants to walk and if he wants to go to mm-hmm. a different team. That's smart yeah. to fill up that gap. The other thing I want to mention is that Tom Brady, um, that Tom Brady you know, restructuring of his contract. That's, I think, a lot to do with the fact that the draft is six days away and they want to be able to sign all the guys they want to sign from that draft and give them the deals that they need to make. I think they're kind of, I don't know what's going to happen with Gronkowski, but if I had to guess, he would be, him and Sue would be the last two free agents that they would really go after and all the other guys would really come from the draft unless they trade back or anything like that. But they need to make sure they free up some some cap space and obviously nine million isn't that much, especially when you're trying to sign resign guys and kind of keep things going in the right direction. But yeah, I thought, I don't know. I, I, it'd be interesting to see if Tom Brady ends up signing an extension before the season uh, season begins, or if he doesn't end up signing one, obviously it might be pointing to the fact that he might just retire after the season. Um, it, there's a lot of questions on did he unretire just because his retirement was blown and he didn't get to have the fun of unretiring yeah. or retiring. And so he had to unretire and play another season just to just to be that way. But uh, either way, I think it's going to be a really fun season for the Bucks to have Tom Brady back. It boosts your Super Bowl chances by you yep. know a thousand percent because I mean the guys they had behind him and the guys they said were they were happy to play with was Kyle Trask and Gabbert. I think was the other guy that was behind mm-hmm. him. So getting mm-hmm. Tom Brady boost your chances. Yeah, I would say I don't think you uh, want to take the field with Blaine Gabbert at least in terms of. Uh, having big high expectations for getting to the postseason. Yes. Indeed. All right. Uh, it's been a little while, but it is time for trivia. trivia. Yes. All right. What you got for this me? This is a basketball one. Oh, boy. So the Pelicans are playing the Suns, and they have okay. an opportunity as an eight seed to upset number one seed and make it into the playoffs. Um, in 2011, this number eight seed upset – the number one Mavericks, or in 2007, I'm sorry, this number one team uh, got upset by the Mavericks, which is the number one seed, got upset by this team to make it into the playoffs. To make it into the finals? To make it into the, uh, to make it into the playoffs. That's the question. Who, who was the last team to make it into the playoffs as a number eight seed? Make it into the playoffs? Yes. They're in the playoffs if they're an eight seed. Well, to the next round. Okay. Uh, I, I, you're going to give me a cho- yes. set of choices? Grizzlies, Warriors... Okay. Or Knicks. 
Warriors. That is correct. That happened in 2007. All right. Congratulations. That improves my record. Yes, it does. I think I'm uh, back on the winning yeah, side. I think you are. Excellent. Awesome. All right. Well, that does it for this Friday episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. We appreciate you listening. Like I said before, if you haven't subscribed, do that. That helps us out. Share us with your friends and family that love sports as well. We'd greatly appreciate that. And then tune back in on uh, on Monday and keep uh, keep rolling with us as we keep talking about sports. Appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. God bless. See you.